We're heading over to New Zealand, of course, with Ambassador Travel. We can't wait. It's about a nine-day tour heading to the New Zealand Derby meeting. That's on the second day. And then we're going to visit Tiakia on the Monday. Uh, Karen Ellis has organised all that. We've got over 40 people coming, including race caller Brian Martin. So we're really excited about heading to Tiakau. And the reason I'm, I'm talking about it is Imperatrice. She jumped out during the week and looked terrific. She's not far off racing again, this outstanding mare. Uh, five years of age now. She's won 17 from 23. We know that to David Allison Tiakau, one of the biggest buyers at the recent Magic Minion sale, and I'm sure they'll be the biggest buyer again at Caraca. That sale kicks off on Sunday. Uh, as I mentioned, they've got massive firepower at Ellerslie, of course, at their big day tomorrow. But Ben Gleeson now runs this satellite operation for Tiakau, and Ben is based at Cranbourne. Ben Gleeson, he joins us. How are you, Ben? Morning. I'm very well yourself. Good, thank you. I'm interested to find out your background and how you became involved with Tiakau. Yes, Steve. So I previously was with uh, Danny O'Brien for five to six years and um, was just ready for a new challenge. And uh, had heard whispers on the grapevine pre-COVID and, and over the years that Tiakau went set up in Australia and had also heard the stories of, of how Mark first walked up the driveway to David and, and gave me his CV and, and also um, how Jamie sort of started nearly with the operation and took a bit of inspiration from them and thought, well, I'll send David Ellis an email and see if they're open to, to having it set up in Australia and, and if possible, if I could help, help make it happen. So, um, yeah, before I knew it, 24 hours later, Mark was on the phone and, and we met a few weeks later and it's uh, the rest is history. So it's, it's been a pretty um, smooth sailing start for the first five to six months. What time frame are we talking? Uh, in terms of... Yeah, time, w- w- um, when you got employed officially or took on um, the role. I, I finished at Danny's. This was sort of all progressing during sort of during July. It was a month and um, I went through to the last day of the season um, in July for, for Dan and then I uh, had a couple of weeks off and started organising everything from the middle of August. Um, and so about last week of August, the horses turned up. So um, yeah, from that point on, we had three initially and built up from there. We, our stables weren't ready to start with. We, we actually started training out of other other people's stables. Um, but once they were ready, sort of after a month and a bit, um, we built up the team to, to nearly 20 horses now. And they're all coming from New Zealand or other places? Uh, a mixture. So we've had about a dozen come over from New Zealand um, in, in batches. And then we've picked up probably four four other four or five other clients now. So um, a couple of owners that I had a good connection with have, have given us the horse, um, a two-year-old. And um, we had horses arrive from Jerry Harvey's lately. And... Um, we obviously have Cambridge Stud and Waikato Stud in their stable already. Um, but yeah, we've picked up a handful of other owners that are new to the stable and horses that will race in, in their colours, but um, just a, a good way to promote the stable that we're training for anyone and everyone. Do you think it will ultimately get bigger? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's the biggest goal um, is to to expand and, and try and fill the boxes that we're, we're going to get. So we've got 20 right now. Um, we're going to have a, another 10-horse barn built uh, or start to be built in the next month. And so we hope to be able to fill 30 boxes um, throughout the autumn. And then we'll also have another barn of 40 boxes being built throughout the course of the winter. So we'll, we'll have capacity for 70-odd horses. And by next spring, we will hope to be able to fill them with current yearlings we're buying here. Um, you know, if we pick up some, some new owners, 
and, uh, and balance it out with a number of horses from New Zealand. And Ben, I'm just thinking too, with Singapore shutting down, Donna Logan's got a lot of the Tiakau horses. Obviously, uh, they're going to have to go somewhere, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I'm not sure what the plan of attack is with them just yet. That's uh, I'm sure Karen and David and Mark have, have had a chat with Donna about that, but um, yeah, that's it's a bit of an open-ended question. Of course, you had a winner in recent times as well. Sands Doot is going really well. Yeah, she's flying. She's found a, a new appreciation with the straight horse. Um, so Summerton's certainly going to be a, a race meeting. We'll target with her often. Um, she's put two wins together this prep off the back of good performances as well. She ran a third, slashing third at Mini Valley and like her first start in the country, she ran second as well. So um, she's been a, a pillar of consistency all by one for a run and um, we've just sent her out for seven days for a quick freshen up. Um, she'll just spend seven to ten days on a water walk and then we'll bring her back and try and find some nice um, nice handicaps and hopefully progress her to some black types throughout the autumn. I mentioned David was active at the Magic Minion sale. Of course, that wooden Bassett cult from, of course, Jamie or their very good mare, Avantage, was over at two million. But given that this mare came from the Gold Coast and also sort of state as well, Imperatrice, 360000 I mean, with hindsight, what a wonderful investment. Up over $5 million now already. Do you get nervous with her in the barn, Ben? Um. Yeah, was when it gets to race day. Um, but uh, I've heard a good saying, pressure's for tyres. So um, you've got to just try and enjoy when you have horses like this in the barn. Um, soak it up. She's certainly a reason to get out of bed in the morning every day. And um, you know, the staff really appreciate being able to work with a horse of her quality. So it's more so just when you realise what she's doing and what she's done, um, enjoying it. So, um, yeah, once, once we get to the parade ring on race day, I, I do get a bit nervous. We're going out, but um, no, just enjoying the ride at the moment. I bet you are. How many Group Ones has she won now? I believe she's up to eight. Eight. So, mm. um, yeah, it's quite an incredible record. A couple of track records. She broke her own record, didn't she, during the spring at Mooney Valley? Yeah, correct. To, to put in two back-to-back track record breaking her own is quite incredible. And, you know, there's probably not enough credit paid to how much that takes out of a horse early in their prep. You know, she's not rock hard fit and she's putting in performances like that it can sometimes flatten any horse so for her to then come out and put in the performance um in the manicato and the champion sprint which i think was her best win um just shows she's, she's just an incredible mare yeah you're not wrong so the first time she did it was 56 6 8 in the the McEwen, and then of course she went faster, fifty six forty seven in the Moyer Stakes. You mentioned the last run at Flemington down the straight. She sat basically one one, didn't she, down the straight there, and she she got the job done over Buenos Notches. How long did she rest for after that race, Ben? So she just went out for a two week spell. She it was always the plan just to give her a quick let up. Um, she does thrive off being in a paddock and having grass, and almost does too well. So strategically, just go over that small turnaround. Uh, she then had a week at the water with her, so ultimately three weeks of, of um, recuperating. And then she's back in a stable within a month. But um, yeah, she's, she's therefore going to hold on to plenty of residual fitness. It means we, we haven't had to really push her too hard this prep to get her ready for the lightning. And um, it's just a lot, a lot kinder on her body to do that. Yes, of course, you mentioned the lightning. It's only weeks away. We can't wait. Feb 17. Just in that jump out this week, that looked terrific, didn't it, Mornington? Yeah, she was just ridden back off the speed, but, boy, she quickened beautifully to run second there. Yeah, she did everything we could ask. It's, it's a, a tight little track, Mornington, and when the cones are out, it's quite hard to do what she did. So 
a lot of merit in her flight and jump out. Uh, the horse of Sam and Anthony Friedman is a good jump out filly. Um, group one winning filly in New Zealand. So um, to be taken around off her on the line and held together has a lot of merit behind it. And she did all, all we could ask. So she did a good fitness out of that and, and be spot on to do a second jump out of Cranbourne now. Yeah, and then uh, after the the lightning, is she going to have a bit of a gap between runs? Yeah, she's got five weeks, so um, yeah, see how she performs and, and comes through it. But gives us plenty of um, plenty of cards to play with whether she goes to a water walker for a week and, and freshens up, or you know, it'd be very easy to get her fit um, and improve her into the uh, into the William Reid and. Um, She's then got two weeks to from the William Reed to the TJ, so it's not the most ideal time frame for her. She does love the three weeks between runs, but she showed champion sprint day she can do it, and that five weeks between first and second up will um, do her the world of good. Just looking at her Sydney record, has she only had one in that direction? I think she ran second in the Canterbury Stakes to Artorias. Is that the only Sydney run? Yeah, that's the only Sydney run. Um, she has... Uh, run and one on the other leg in New Zealand a number of times, so yeah, she's well used to going that way. But um, it's, it's not a not a factor we really worry about, I don't think. Yeah, well, she wasn't beaten far. It was a bit of a you know, close finish that day, wasn't it? And Zach rode Artorias brilliantly. Yeah, correct. He was obviously taking his powers there, Artorias, and got the race shape to suit. She probably hit the front a bit too early. I think J Mac even admits that, but. Um, yeah, the cult was good, and, and he then went on to a world stage and performed gallantly. Probably you know, he should have won it with Alaska. So it shows the forms on a global level very strong. And, yeah. And um, OP Boston will be on for those runs, Ben? Yes. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, and, and everything goes well. Can you ask, please, uh, of David and the team, maybe think of Brisbane after the TJ? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we'll find a, another nice horse to bring up to Brisbane, whether it be for an Oats or a Derby or... Um, maybe from the Dutch DR, we'll find something hopefully. Excellent. So, what's the uh, besides Imperatrice? What's another horse there that you're excited about running over the coming weeks at some of these in the, some of these big races in the early part of the Melbourne autumn? Uh, so we've got Skewith, who is a Group One winner in New Zealand, and she came across here and she won on Cup Day. She won a Group Two um, for the Mayor's race, so she's coming back in good order. She'll have a jump out on Monday at Caulfield. Uh, that'll be her first one to prep, but she's coming up super. Um, she's settled in really well, spelled really well, and um, she, she had a few barrier issues in New Zealand and, and here initially, and we had a, a good horse from work with her and really helped her mind mentally, and I think that's going to transpire to the track. So she's really settled and working super at the moment. Um, so she'll probably head towards an Oakley plate, and then from there we'll, we'll weigh up how she performs in that, but she could be a filly... Throughout the autumn, that either progresses to Adelaide or Brisbane or Sydney, wherever. Um, yeah. So. And just with Imperatriz, um, you're talking about her appetite. It's pretty big, is it? Um, it is. It is. Yeah. She. Um, she's. Uh, yeah. Garbage cut to say the least. So, <laughs> um, we've got to keep her on a measured feed, and um, anything she puts in front of her, she she just devours. So it's a good attribute to have as a racehorse, but. Um, it's just going to be managed carefully, I suppose. Yeah. So what would she weigh, Ben, at a guess? Or have you jumped up and put her on the scales? Yeah, we weigh every horse every Monday. So, And, and sometimes after that race, we'll jump out. Um, and so she weighs at the moment about 5.20, which is, um, I think she won champions at 5.13. 
but she started her prep. Um, I think when she won at the McEwen, she was about 5.03. So as the prep went on, she got bigger. And um, I was sort of always panicking about that, but it didn't seem to affect her. Um, but this prep, yeah, she's, um, she's as big and strong as ever. And, um, yeah, once she trims up for the second jump out, she'll be spot on. Yeah. Gee, look, it's a big responsibility, Ben. Uh, but obviously you seem like you're the right man for the job. Thanks for telling us a bit about yourself and more about Imperatriz as well this morning, Ben. Yeah, thanks very much for your time, Steve. Now, that's a pleasure. Ben Gleeson joining us for, from Victoria. Turn at the 350. Uncommon James Hook to the outside from I Am War, who's almost going backwards, passed by the Inferno and I Am Me, but Imperatrice glides around the corner. Three links in front of Uncommon James, then I Am Me up the middle, but Imperatrice called upon. Still three links in front, and the Tangerine Tsunami's going to do it again. Imperatrice won it well. Seconds. I am me. Uncommon That's the beauty of her. We saw her in that race. She went to the front and was beautifully rated. Um, but then we've seen her come from back and break records. So, and she doesn't mind the soft either. So we get to see her 17th, Feb 17 in the Lightning. And then, as was mentioned by Ben Gleeson, into the William Reed, five weeks between with probably a trial there. And then, of course, she's off to Sydney for the TJ, maybe. She should come to Brisbane, run in one of the, the group ones, um, you know, BDC Cup or something like that. Kingsford Smith at 1300, wouldn't that be lovely? Why not? You know, given the Everest winner competed at the carnival last year, and of course, you go back a couple of years ago, we had um, Private Eye and Alligator Blood fighting out the Stradbroke, and the Melbourne Cup winner raced in Brisbane, had two runs for two wins without a fight, so it's just a great recipe. Let's keep pushing it. Someone might be listening.